the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to City of God, a podcast of the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Dr. Owen Strand, and I'll be your host. Join us each week as we engage the city of man with the biblical wisdom of the city of God. There may be no more discomforting words to hear in a Bible study than these. I'd like to share what this text means to me. Now, I'm being a little provocative here today on City of God, but I would like to point out that we are in an evangelical climate that has, in many cases, as some of us have experienced, allowed, what does this text mean to me as a question we ask of the text, the passage in question we're studying, to overtake other important questions of the the study we're having. In other words, the intervarsity study method of the mid-20th century trained evangelicals to ask the following questions of the text, of the passage being studied. Number one, what does the text say? Number two, what does the text mean? That's a fairly important question. And number three, what does the text mean for me or us? Now, those are three good questions. Those are not bad questions in in my understanding. I'm glad for evangelicals to be trained in that kind of method, and I'm glad for people to understand that the text says something. And then, of course, yes, very importantly, that the text means something. More on this in a moment. And then that the text has application for the people of God. In other words, this isn't just a, a text that somebody carved into a wall somewhere and we're all supposed to gaze at it. Uh, you know, as if it's just static. No, no, no. This text is living and active. Hebrews 4, this text has meaning for us. We're supposed to take it and imbibe it and let it filter into all of our life and reshape us and remake us and transform us by the power of God's gospel, the power of God's spirit in us. So I'm glad for these three questions. I, I don't think they're directly explicitly biblical questions, so I don't have to ask these exact questions when I'm studying a passage with a group or by myself or before a church or something like this, and yet I, I'm fine with these questions. My, my concern, however, today for our present purposes is that what does this text mean for me has basically in many cases, at least as some of you have experienced, overwhelmed the other dimensions of biblical study. And most precisely, what does the text mean for me has overtaken in some circumstances. What does the text actually mean? It's very important when we're talking about interpretation or the the science of interpretation, which in an academic theological context is called hermeneutics. It's very important for us to locate meaning in the actual text itself, and only then, once we have identified what the text is teaching us, to then move to application, to personal significance, to corporate impact, these sorts of things. The first task of the Christian preacher or teacher of God's Word is to establish what the text means. Only then are we queued up and ready and able in truth to move ahead and then ask 
So what are the significances of this text? I've recently spoken about these matters at a conference at Midwestern Seminary here in Kansas City. There was a Nine Marks at Midwestern conference in February 2019, and I gave a plenary address on Christ, our hermeneutical key, and I talked a good bit about meaning of the text. In addition, in January 2019, I taught a hermeneutics class, MDiv level, here at Midwestern. And so I spent uh, over 30 hours of class time with uh, over 30 students talking about the, the science of interpretation, how we should interpret God's Word, how we should interpret the Bible in particular. And so these are matters that I personally have been thinking about a good bit of late. These are matters that evangelicals are talking a good bit uh, about of late. Uh, the, the broader theological world is investigating these things afresh. The Evangelical Theological Society, for example, in November 2019 will, Lord willing, be hearing many papers on the overall theme of ETS this year, which is uh, preaching Christ from all Scripture, interpreting Christ from all Scripture. So, in other words, this is a very hot topic today. It's one that many younger evangelicals in particular are talking about because if you grew up in a somewhat conservative evangelical congregation, if you grew up in many Baptist congregations, then you heard about the need to interpret and understand the original meaning of the passage, the passage in question. And that is the first place I would drive us in trying to understand the meaning of a text. What did the author, as best we can tell, intend to communicate from this text. If we don't know about the author, what does this text communicate? What does this text teach? What doctrine? What principles? What theology proper about God himself does this passage communicate? What does this say about sin? What does this say about the covenant people of God? What does this say about salvation? These and many other matters we need to address and consider in any given passage we are studying to preach and teach. So the original meaning of a passage of a given text is absolutely our paramount concern in our interpretation. A text that would actually drive this understanding of textual interpretation is, for example, Nehemiah 8.8, where we understand that in the days of the restoration of Jerusalem under Nehemiah, the priests of God gathered in the somewhat restored Jerusalem and read the law for hours, by the way, to the people, multiple hours of simply reading the Old Testament law. And then, according to Nehemiah 8.8, 8, they gave the sense of it. They, in other words, interpreted to the people the core meaning of the law that they had just read. I, I assume that they did this in multiple places as the priests read. In other words, they're reading a text, and then they explain the passage. Listen, this is the core of Christian ministry. This is the very fountainhead of congregational life, to go to texts and to help people understand them by giving the sense of them. This implies, then, that there is a sense that a passage has, and it implies that a passage has the sense. So there is a a definite interpretation, in other words, that we can offer in terms of the original meaning of a text as we preach and teach it. And that is our first business. And in a Christian pulpit, in a local church, if you're a young pastor and you're trying to figure out how to preach and how to allocate time within your sermon, you want a good portion of that sermon, I would argue, to be involved in breaking down the meaning, the original meaning as we call it, of that passage, of that text, of that verse. 
You want to ground your people there. You don't want to jump, in other words, to biblical theological fulfillment too quickly. You don't want to get to the gospel summary too quickly. You want to do the the hard and delightful work of actually bringing out all the juice from that passage that you can, squeezing that orange as much as you can. This involves, by the way, the the commitment to preach the Old Testament in too many churches. The Old Testament has just fallen by the wayside, and people aren't preaching it, and thus the sheep are not hearing it. They are not learning from it, and this is a travesty, honestly. Churches should regularly be in the Old Testament. I, for one, would, would not point to a biblical text that says how much you preach the Old Testament versus the New Testament, but I would say uh, the model of, of Mark Dever and Capitol Hill Baptist Church is a commendable one. Frequently, that church would alternate between the preaching of New Testament books and then Old Testament books or Old Testament passages at the very least. Perhaps you're not going to go through all 150 psalms, but perhaps you're going to give your people some preaching from the psalms and then go to the Gospels and then go back to the Old Testament, go to, I don't know, Joshua, and then go back to the New Testament and go to Paul or something like this or so on and so forth. That's just one way of doing this. There's not only one way of doing it, but that's a way that at least gives your people uh, time in the New Testament, which is, of course, the authoritative testimony, te- uh, testament for the Christian church today, the New Covenant people of God, but then also a good bit of time in the Old Testament. As you are working to, to understand and then communicate the original meaning of that passage, whether it's Old or New Testament, you have a second dimension of interpretation, I believe, that you need to work toward, and that is preaching Jesus as the key to all Scripture. We derive this conviction from the New Testament itself, from the very mouth of Jesus himself. We think about a text like John 5, 39 and following. You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. If you believe Moses, verse 46, you would, have, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. He wrote of me, Jesus says. But if you do not believe his writings, how, you, how will you believe my words? Going back a gospel to Luke 24, verse 44. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Luke 24, 44 to 45. That last little part of Luke 24, 45 is really important for us. Jesus opened the mind of his disciples, who who are the people he is talking to in Luke 24, to understand the scriptures. In other words, if Jesus had not done that opening of their mind, they would not properly understand the scriptures. This teaches us, this implies textually, that if we do not interpret the Bible Christocentrically, in some way at least, that we will not grasp its proper meaning. We look, just look at what Luke 24 says, we will not understand the scriptures. This shows us that Jesus is not merely the one who fills the role of the Old Testament Messiah, you know, the one who advances the narrative in a kind of movie-driven way, the cinematic story of the Bible. That's not who Jesus—it's not merely, in other words, that Jesus comes and, and makes atonement for sin. Somebody had to do it. Jesus did it. We're thankful for it, you know, but that's just one element of the biblical story. Jesus is the very key to all the Scripture. The person and work of Jesus Christ is the burning core of the Bible. And, and this is so significant, Jesus is so important, 
that he refigures biblical interpretation. He redoes our hermeneutics such that if we are only preaching the original meaning and not doing justice to the Christocentric dimension of textual meaning, we are not ourselves understanding the scriptures, and then our people surely will not understand the scriptures. Now, what I am not arguing for here is that at the end of every sermon, the pastor talk about salvation in Jesus. I'm very thankful when pastors do that. I think that's, that's very important. I'm actually talking about something a little more nuanced and refined and hermeneutically elegant. I'm talking about understanding how a given passage in either old or new comes to ultimate fulfillment and fruition through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Our, our task and our understanding here is not that we are reading Christ into every detail of a given passage. That's not what I'm arguing for. If you have heard about Christocentric interpretation, you might be thinking that's what I'm advocating for. So you might even have good reason to think that, that you know any textual detail we're talking about, the, 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 the textual details of the temple or the tabernacle or something, or you know the, the placement of the water in a given biblical story or something like this, or the color of fabric that people are wearing in a passage that the author identifies, these things, even if the even if the text doesn't say this is fulfilled in Christ, you know, New Testament saying that about an Old Testament text, th- that's what we should do. Okay, to be very clear, that is not the argument I personally am making in this humble little podcast. I track with Brian Chappell, who wrote a great book on Christ-centered preaching on this point. He says this about Christ-centered preaching. Christ-centered preaching, rightly understood, does not seek to discover where Christ is mentioned in every text, but to disclose where every text stands in relation to Christ. I would like to print that quote out and send it in the mail to every preacher out there, not as an act of defiance or hostility, but in order to help us all understand this very tricky matter of what it means to preach Jesus from all the Bible and what it means to properly, as Jesus taught his disciples, Luke 24, understand the scriptures. I think chapel is getting, is getting to the heart of the matter. In other words, when you're preaching about wicked kings in the Old Testament, for example, you're not reading every detail of every you know, chapter as if it is directly fulfilled in the personal work of Jesus Christ. You are, however, understanding this wicked king in relation to Jesus Christ. When you're preaching about Samson, you're preaching Samson in relation to Christ. When you're, when you're preaching about Daniel's experience in Babylon, you're preaching that in relation to Christ. There's all sorts of things to say here. We are, in truth, only scratching the surface of this very big, very needful discussion. And yet, I think we're already understanding what, what we need to basically understand to do faithful new covenantal preaching. We need to comprehend the original meaning of a text as best we can, and we need to comprehend the second dimension of the text, the Christocentric meaning of the text or the passage. I'm going to have to leave off here for our purposes, for the purposes of time, Suffice it to say that this is uh, a matter that is drawing much discussion, as I have already said in this podcast. It's, it's being studied at the theological and academic level. Many pastors are thinking about these things. Praise God for that. There's a revival of thinking on these subjects. We need to think carefully. It's not enough just to say, well, I want to preach Christ. It's not enough for a church just to say, we want to be Christ-centered. What does that mean? It has to mean different things for your theology. I'm going to talk about what that means in, in my next podcast, so tune in for that. But here as we conclude, let me very quickly say, let's understand the scriptures aright. 
let's work hard in the study, understanding ourselves as a, a theologian of the word, if we are a pastor, if we are a teacher, let's not see ourselves as merely offering people religious goods and services, friends. The fundamental need of the church today, the fundamental need of the world today, is for pastors who will be theologians of the text, not pastors who are trying to get away from the people and think their deep thoughts in isolation from the congregation, but pastors who, who, who drink deeply from the Word of God and then bring the riches of the Word of God to bear on the life of the congregation. What does the text say? That's a good question. What does the text mean? That's really the question. And then what does the text mean for me? That's a question we're queued up to ask and, and answer well and hopefully faithfully when we understand the scriptures. Thanks for listening to City of God, a podcast at the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We're so thankful you stopped by. We encourage you to continue to join the conversation at cpt.mbts.edu, the official website of the center. And we encourage you to follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well. Join us in coming days as we continue the conversation on what it means to be the city of God in the city of man. Midwestern Seminary's Doctor of Philosophy degree program is designed to equip leaders interested in building up the church. The Ph.D. Biblical Studies program at Midwestern Seminary provides opportunities for advanced research and preparation in theology in an environment passionate about God's primary plan for the advancement of the gospel, the local church. Choose from multiple emphases and let your advanced degree open up new opportunities for ministry in our rapidly changing world. With our modular program of study, you can remain in your current ministry setting. But we've also recently introduced the residency, an experiential component to the Ph.D. track, where local doctoral students receive one-on-one coaching and mentoring and a community context in which to bolster their studies. Get your Ph.D. today for the church. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.